Here's the grand truth. While the world insists that power, possessions, popularity, and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness, they do not. They cannot. What they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. The truth is that it is much more exhausting to seek, seek happiness where you can never find it. However, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and do the spiritual work required to overcome the world, he and he alone does have the power to lift you above the pull of this world. All right, as always, I'm brutally honest, and you know what? Last year was a year for the books, and I keep talking about it because I have a lot to share. And one portion of that was the immense, immense psychological depression that I had gone through last year. There, when you live with so much anxiety and OCD in your world, and then add on top of that, through another avenue, um, just extreme bipolar. It's so hard to lift your mind up and to be happy. It's something that I worked on every day for a very long time living with my husband, but um, bringing my son into the house, it just added a whole nother dynamic. And I really realized how important it was for me to keep the house um, in a certain, a certain vibe. It needs to be a particular atmosphere for all of us to thrive and it's up to me to do that. And boy, is that exhausting. It's very taxing. But if I don't do it, we all fall. We all suffer. And so I have to lead and do this because that's my job. We all have jobs that we hold and um, are responsible for in the family unit for peace and for us to survive and thrive in our families. And this is one of the jobs that I have. Um, if you're new to the podcast, year after year of dealing with mental illness and the hardships of having a father-in-law go into long-term care and trying to meet the financial demands of that and just many other things that are going on with adult children and my own personal struggles and um, inevitable demons that I face. It, the teachings of the gospel doctrine are true and they are eternal. I struggle with the discipline of the consistent application and I know I'm not the only one, so this is why I open up and I share, because I too have had thoughts of throwing in the towel, of giving up and saying, you know what, Lord, 
I know about heaven and it's just going to be better on the other side. Thankfully, I have gained a testimony of why we're here on earth, the purpose of it within the plan of salvation. And I do strongly believe in the command from our Lord to endure and to endure it well. I'm trying to do that to the best of my ability. Um, sometimes it is with grace and other times I'm stumbling like a newborn calf who has been placed on a road with speed bumps every 12 inches. So um, I just want you to know that you're not alone and uh, I'm there with you. I am running the race and I am on the path with you, um, holding on to the iron rod, sometimes by a nail, sometimes with my whole hand, sometimes with two hands, but I'm there with you and uh, we're gonna make it. And you know why? It's because we don't give up. So this week's episode, I hope will build you up will remind you because we need constant reminders of how to tap into the power that is given to us here on earth from heaven through our wonderful savior, redeemer, and advocate with the father who is omniscient. He is the alpha and omega, Jesus Christ. And we truly can rely on him. And through our faith in him, we can conquer overcome and sometimes we have to go through the trials that we face here on earth and he truly does share his yoke with us lord help me with this social media presence i tell you i knew tiktok was going to be a challenge but i didn't know it was going to be this big of a challenge And if I have offended you, please forgive me. Uh, This is LDS Real People Real Life Podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin, and I am your host. And I am learning so much. Social media is an interesting place to be. I have been spending a lot of time there trying to do some missionary work. And what I've learned is that this truly is the latter days, and boy, does the Lord have his hands full. I am living in a world that sometimes I feel like I look around and it is just simply unrecognizable. And I don't know how we got here so quickly. It's like things changed so fast. And there wasn't this gradual, incremental, subtle change. It just happened so quickly. And as I'm on social media and I participate in lives through comments and just listen or, you know, scroll through my feeds and uh, get to know people and participate in direct messages and things of that nature, I realize more and more the true power that the great opposer has and that he uses it skillfully, willfully and cunningly and he makes us believe that through our intelligence and our pride that we know something that we are truly 
smart and intelligent and that we are smarter and way more intelligenter than God, than Christ, than the creator. Now, I know intelligenter is not a word, but I am being facetious here because I am shocked and appalled. I am Man, I'm I'm so grateful to be in the gospel and I'm grateful to have the truth in my life, to have that clear compass of truth. I have not professed to be a perfect person in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I think if anybody has listened to my podcast and has been a regular listener, I'm not saying you have to be an every episode listener. Um, you will know that I have never professed to be a perfect person in this gospel or this church or this religion. That um, if anything, I have said I'm imperfect, I'm flawed. And because of this, I cling to the gospel and I use the teachings and the doctrine and the beauty found therein to reconcile the heart of my life. And I don't always do it perfectly. And I think that's a great example of how others use the gospel who are looking to remain steady and push forward in the gospel as well. And probably very similar to how our leaders do it, who are imperfect too. And I think that we forget this. Apostles, prophets. It's so interesting because we want to say that these are perfect men when it benefits us to say they're perfect, and then we want to point out their flaws when it benefits us to uh, point out their flaws, especially for those of us who are angry, who have left the church, who have had um, these faith challenges and these quote-unquote faith crises that we are going to have. We are going to have faith challenges. Our faith is meant to be tested. That is why we are here. Our faith is meant to be tested. And it's going to be tested over and over and over and over. It's going to be tested in great ways and it's going to be tested in small ways and it's going to be tested in every way in between. Do we have the ability to choose the Lord? Do we have the ability to choose the right? Do we have the ability when we don't to repent and then make the correction? This is what this life is about. So on my social media platforms, people like to comment on my posts, and my posts aren't always related to my podcast. So oftentimes, my posts are related to things that the church has put out, maybe some church news. I am trying to put out some information about our apostles so that people can get to know them a little bit more. And so I'll get a lot of responses from people who are in the faith and out of the faith um, in regards to those posts, and I try to be as um, kind in my responses as I can. I am my unique individual self, which is I am a Gen X. I am a direct communicator, and um, Gen X tends to, at least for myself, we are very aware of other people's emotions and we are going to consider 
and be empathetic and compassionate, but not overly so to the point that we cannot get things done. We like to accomplish and we're very goal-oriented and we like to take care of business. We don't get shut down and we make sure that things get done. Um, This is not a judgment statement. It's just something that we tend to do. And I notice other people in my generation tend to be this way too. And we can push forward through our challenges, even our mental challenges. Okay, whereas some other people from different generations tend to not have those experiences. Each generation is born for their time. And it's okay. We need to get back to where we have these intelligent deductions that we make, these opinions that we have, and that we don't agree. And it's okay. It's okay that we can come together in our differences and our similarities, that we can have healthy debates in order to have healthy solutions, um, healthy conclusions, healthy, innovative ideas. And, you know, the Lord wants us to counsel with him in all things, but he also wants us to be able to do things on our own and to use the intellect and the wisdom we acquire through our experience here on earth. So there is a balance to be had. If people find offense with the things that I do or say, I apologize, but I cannot apologize to the point that I cannot be myself. Sometimes I find myself having to um, work with people's judgments and assumptions, which are many on social media, to the point that what are you wanting me to be, this gray blob of nothingness? And then based on your comment and what you think, I'm supposed to build myself around that. That is not real. That is fake. And that is a characteristic in the nature of the great opposer. Okay? What is real is being genuine to oneself. Is learning to live after the manner of happiness. Is seeking and focusing on Christ and doing our best to be Christ-like. That doesn't mean that I am Christ. That doesn't mean that I can be Christ-like 100% of the time. And to be quite frank with you, I've been very open and honest with you guys about my temper, my anger issues, and this has not gone away. I am still dealing with this. I still am stripped of every coping skill that I have ever acquired in my life because of the nature and circumstances of my life and the way that it's been going since I have met my husband and the, like I said, the circumstances and the nature of our marriage that we are going through a, we are being refined right now. And this is the beauty of having the gift of the Holy Ghost, of being baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that you're given the gift of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit guides you. It cuts like a hot knife through butter, through all of the confusion and the complexities that the world throws at you. And it makes it simple and clear. 
When I jump onto social media and I listen to these lives of people who are debating the hot topics, so what are the hot topics of our day? Transgenderism, LGBTQIA stuff, uh, we're looking at abortion, um, you know, do we call women cis women? Do we call, you know, what are all these labels that we're, we're putting on people and, um, these, you know, groups that are, you know, putting labels on other groups and the other groups are saying, we don't like those labels and just the constant bickering back and forth. And there's just a lot going on. And then we have the breakdown in the family. And people are debating about even that, the difference in the nuclear family between now and then and how it's affected the generations, how it's affected the children. Um, what are some of the consequences of the breakdown in the nuclear family? And then the other hot topics, of course, is marriage. Marriage between a man and a woman, marriage between same-sex partners. How is that affecting our country, our society, you know, our world? You know, we have a leader from another country like Russia come out and characterize our country to be a fallen country that says God is gay, that we can't even figure out that there's only two genders and that we are teaching that Christ is a woman and that um, we have lost our way. And of course, he said a whole lot more. The way that Putin, who is a known dictator, talks, he sounds reasonable, which is the craziest thing ever. It is absolutely crazy to hear a dictator sound reasonable. And that, I think, is a testament to where we're at in this stage of the latter days. I am not supportive of Putin. I am just stating that we are living in the latter days where right is wrong, wrong is right, and it is very easy to be confused. So we must use righteous judgment. Now, I've talked about this before in the podcast, the difference between uh, righteous judgment and final judgment. Final judgment always re is reserved to Christ, our Lord and Savior and Redeemer. It belongs to him. He is the one that has paid the great price and he is perfect. Righteous judgment is something that we use for ourselves, for our family. We have the right and the opportunity to decide what we want to expose ourselves to. What do we want to be a part of and how do we want to parent and what do we want to include in our lives and to be a part of our lifestyle? And how do we want to live? But if you go out in the world and if you have firm boundaries, the world will tell you you're intolerant. And you're just supposed to have open boundaries and love is love. And you're just supposed to be accepting of everything. But if you have open boundaries and love is love and you're accepting of everything, when do the commandments come in? When do the protection of the law of the commandments that have been given to us come in? We know that from a loving Heavenly Father, just like loving parents, we are given laws and rules and commandments 
that give us structure, that give us protection, that give us love because he knows perfectly how to watch over and care for us. The world does not. And the great opposer wants to bring us harm. So when we're dealing with people who are out in the world, who are becoming more and more antichrist, they don't want to have anything to do with a God who would allow so many horrible things to happen. Right? This is what I'm hearing more and more. Why would I want to have anything to do with a God that allows so many horrible things to happen? There's a lot going on. We look at East Palestine, Ohio, all of the earthquakes in Turkey, uh, the cartels in Mexico. There's more information coming out that they have huge links and networks into our government here in the United States. Um, Look at what's going on in Canada. Those people aren't as free as they believe. There's just a lot going on in the world right now. So if we focus on all of this and we're faithless, we turn our back on the Spirit and we turn our back on the Lord, where's the hope? How do we be kind and loving to one another? How do we give mercy in the face of justice? How do we give kindness in the face of anger? How do we change the world? We can't. And this is why Lucifer works so hard at getting us to hate God and Christ. And right now he is very successful. So we have to do the best that we can to push back, to share our light. We must go out into the world and be an example of the believers and share our light. The darkness is so dark out in the world currently that when you go out and you share and you're just doing and you're being your genuine, authentic self, loving the gospel, living the gospel, and staying true to yourself, people will see it and they will come to you like a moth to a flame. They will be like a magnet and you will lay seeds. They will remember that example and there will be other people who, who will be more proactive and they will ask and they will come talk to you and they will need to know why are you so different? Why do you look that way? Why do you act that way? Why do you talk that way? Why do you look peaceful? Why do you look content? Why do you look okay? Why do you look happy? Because this is what the gospel of Jesus Christ offers us in the midst of so much trial and headache and turmoil is this great peace in the midst of the tornadoes because he's always our anchor you see he never gives up he never gives in and he never throws in the towel so 
I say to anybody who comes to me, because I put myself out there, I don't represent the church. The church does not pay me, and I do not speak for the church. I am just simply a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who has a fire in her bones for the gospel, who is fighting the good fight to endure to the end and acquire the Lord's will and make it my own. And that's hard to do because oftentimes I want to do things my way. But I'm learning more and more my way kind of sucks. And the Lord's way is so much easier. And it's just a simple fact. The events of last year, 2022 and January for me, as February has progressed, my prayers, my scripture studying, when I hope, you know, fulfill my callings when I go to church, when I take time out of my day for the Lord, the Spirit confirms to my soul and my very being that what I am doing is correct and I'm on the right path and this is the sure path. That's faith. And then I go out and I do. I act on that faith. I trust in the Lord. That's works, right? So people have been saying a lot lately to me that I have blind faith in our leaders, that I have blind faith in our prophet, in our apostles, that I blindly follow. I see that as just being an opposer type attitude. I, like anybody else, have taken the time to get to know our leaders. I have done what I feel I needed to do to come to know them. And through that study, through that time, watching them on the TV, um, studying their life and just whatever's available that the church has put out, it's been enough. And that's the beauty of the Spirit that testifies to my heart that I can trust them. And from there, whenever they teach, share, and go out and do the Lord's work, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, continues to testify to my heart that what they're teaching and sharing is true or not. This is how I know. So many churches and religions out in the world do not believe in modern day revelation and they get hung up on this part. They don't understand how you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt because they don't know the language of the spirit. They haven't developed that relationship. They aren't in the church of Jesus Christ that teaches them about this relationship, they haven't been given the gift of the Holy Ghost through the one baptism, the one path, through the one authority of the priesthood. It is very tough for me to remain calm and non-defensive and trying to help people to understand this. And so 
I do the best I can and then I just stop because it always gets antagonistic. Um, I'm not trying to convince people. It's not me that does the convincing. And this is why I love working with people who already believe and are just struggling. Because even when I left the church, I didn't leave the church because I didn't believe. I left the church because I wanted to live a different lifestyle. And you can't please both masters. It was driving me insane trying to go to church and live that lifestyle then go out of church and for the rest of the week living the lifestyle that I was wanting to at that time. And so I made a choice knowing that the church is true, that the church belongs to the Jesus Christ. And I went out into what we like to call the world and I had an education that was hard and it was difficult. But I've come back into the fold with an education and experience that I'm hoping to share to edify and uplift and strengthen others who have similar experiences. And so my greatest hope as you seek out help and you look for resources through podcasts of other LDS members that the spirit can touch your heart and mind as I share with you my experiences and my faith and what you need to do in your life and that you can be inspired and whatever you need to be inspired to do to stay on that covenant path and keep pushing forward. Because make no mistake, this life here on earth is a blink of an eye. It's a half a blink of an eye compared to the eternal, eternal time that we will spend in heaven. And my heart truly yearns to be able to convey that to everyone that can hear my voice, that you might know that this life truly is an education. So please continue to push forward, put your shoulder to that wheel and push along. Do your duty full of work and full of song. I've always loved that that song and the lyrics because it's true. Let's live for God. Let's live for God first and everything else will fall in place. There's a great talk from President Nelson back in 2017 called Drawing on the Power of Jesus Christ into Our Lives. And he starts off by saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ is filled with his power, which is available to every earnestly seeking daughter or son of God. And this is what I've learned probably in the last year to year and a half is that this is very true. It doesn't matter where you're at on that spectrum of discipleship, of being a believer of faith, um, as long as you're seeking earnestly, you can tap into that power that is available. He loves you and he wants to help. 
He goes on to say that we live in a most difficult dispensation, that challenges, controversies, and complexities swirl around us, and these turbulent times were foreseen by the Savior, that the Savior warned us in our day the adversary would stir up anger on the hearts of men and lead them astray. Yet our Heavenly Father never intended that we would deal with the maze of personal problems and social issues on our own. And boy, that struck my heart, that last sentence. Yet our Heavenly Father never intended that we would deal with the maze of personal problems and social issues on our own. I can't express this enough to not only myself, but to my students in seminary um, because they forget and they need constant reminders. President Nelson goes on to say, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to help us. And his son, Jesus Christ, gave his life for us all so that we could have access to godly power. Power sufficient to deal with the burdens, obstacles, and temptations of our day. Today, I would like to speak about how we can draw into our lives the power of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. You see, this is something that I'm working on real heavily, very diligently right now, because I have been stripped. As I've been talking to my husband um, recently about the challenges that we have faced, um, and the things that he's continually facing with his ongoing mental illness and anxieties is, um, maybe father has stripped these abilities from me so that I can't continue to tend to him the way that I have been for the last 10, 11, 12 years. Um, because, he cannot grow in the ways that he needs to grow um, by me taking care of him and meeting all of his needs. Um, my husband has perfectly had wonderful, loving people put into his life at key points in his life to help him, to propel him into that next stage, that next phase and uh, I appreciate that we uh, believe in modern-day revelation because the guidance of the Spirit is invaluable. When the Spirit talks to Spirit, it is undeniable. And uh, I do believe that a portion of the suffering and the growing pains that I have had personally is also to help my husband... Uh, spread his wings and grow in a way too. And this helps me to see the perfection in Heavenly Father as he continues to bless my life and how he blesses it perfectly, not just for me, but for my husband as well and family. He always works in perfect circles. So how can we draw into our lives the power of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ? President Nelson says that we can begin by learning about him. He says it's impossible for us to be saved in ignorance. The more we know about the Savior's ministry and mission, the more that we understand his doctrine and what he did for us, the more we know 
that he can provide the power that we need for our lives. This is so true and this has happened to me. The more I studied, the more I built that personal relationship with my advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the more I came to understand how he can wield the power of the priesthood, how he can wield his perfect power, and how he can work in the lives of God's children and how he truly can be our savior. And because of that time and effort that was put into building that relationship, there were testimonies that were shared through the Spirit, through the Holy Ghost with me. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to apply it with perfection last year to help me escape a year of turbulence and pain and suffering. I mean, boy, it was a rough year last year for me, for my family, but for me personally. And then, of course, for my family, because I went through a lot and it affects them. Um, but it did become part of my arsenal. It's what kept me alive. It's what kept me enduring and it's what kept me pushing. It's what kept me faithful and in the faith. It's what kept me focused on the Lord when I could focus on the Lord. Um, so again, this is just me sharing my personal experience and hopes that the Spirit can impress upon you what you can, should, or need to do in your own personal life to help you. A suggestion that he gave President Nelson and one that he actually followed and uh, did himself is that he asked the young adults of the church to take some of their time and consecrate it each week to study everything Jesus and then record it in their standard works. He uh, invited them to let the scriptural citations about Jesus Christ in the topical guide become their personal core curriculum. Now, I've heard of this before, and I've done some of this. I wasn't able to get through all of it, but it became part of my study as well. And uh, it is a great way to get to know the Savior. Um, he also said that part of his studying was that he read and underlined every verse that was cited about Jesus Christ as listed under the main heading and the 57 subtitles in the topical guide. Now, I did this personally in the Book of Mormon, and I highlighted everything about Christ in the Book of Mormon in red. And that was such a sweet experience because I was constantly highlighting things in red, which was a testament to how often the Book of Mormon talks, teaches, and preaches of Christ. President Nelson goes on to, <clears throat> excuse me, share his testimony that when he finished that exercise, and it was a thrilling exercise for him, his wife had asked him what impact it had on him, and he was able to tell her that he truly is a different man. And that is the beauty in the rewards that we receive when we study and search out 
these eternal truths and come to know our Redeemer and Savior and our loving Heavenly Father. Um, this is knowledge that they want us to diligently search while we're here. And we are charged to come to know not only temporal, but spiritual knowledge and education as much as we can before we depart this life. And President Nelson goes on to say that it's doctrinally incomplete to speak of the Lord's atoning sacrifice by shortcut phrases, such as the atonement or the enabling power of the atonement, or saying applying the atonement or being strengthened by the atonement. These expressions present a real risk of misdirecting faith by treating the event as if it had living existence and capabilities independent of our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Under the Father's great eternal plan, it is the Savior who suffered. It is the Savior who broke the bands of death. And it is the Savior who paid the price of our sins and transgressions and blots them out on condition of our repentance. It is the Savior who delivers us from physical and spiritual death. It is Jesus Christ. We tend to do this a lot because we talk so much about the atonement and the strengthening power of the atonement. We talk about applying the atonement, uh, the enabling power of the atonement, being strengthened by the atonement. And as always in perfect knowledge, through perfect revelation, our prophet is refocusing us on Jesus Christ. It is not the event it is the person. It is the person that's come down here who has walked the earth, who has lived that life, and who has given the sacrifice. He was a perfect, perfect sacrifice. And because he was a perfect sacrifice and he is a perfect sacrifice, we can draw on that power of Jesus Christ into our lives. This is not an amorphous entity that we call the atonement upon which we may call for succor, healing, forgiveness, or power. Jesus Christ is always the source. Christ is always, always the source. Sacred terms such as the atonement and resurrection describe what the Savior did um, according to the Father's plan, the plan of salvation, so that we may live with hope in this life and gain eternal life in the world to come. But the Savior's atoning sacrifice, the central act of all human history, is best understood and appreciated when we expressly and clearly connect it to him. Because it is this great love that he's given to each of us. So the importance of the Savior's mission as President Nelson teaches, was emphasized by the prophet Joseph Smith, who declared emphatically that the fundamental principles of our religion are the testimony of the apostles and prophets concerning Jesus Christ that he died, was buried, and rose again on that third day and ascended into heaven, and all other things which pertain to our religion are only appendages to it. It was this very statement of the prophet that provided the incentive for 15 prophets, seers, and revelators to issue and sign their testimony to commemorate the 2000th anniversary of the Lord's birth. 
And that historic testimony is titled The Living Christ. Many members have memorized its truths. Others barely know of its existence. And as you seek to learn more about Jesus Christ, President Nelson urges us to study the living Christ. As we invest time and learning about the Savior and his atoning sacrifice, we are drawn to participate in another key element to accessing his power. We choose to have faith in him and to follow him. When is the last time you chose to have faith in him and to follow him? Just think about that. How often throughout the day are you doing this? Big, little. How many times are you choosing to have faith in Christ and to follow him? True disciples of Jesus Christ are willing to stand out, speak up, and be different from the people of the world. For they are undaunted, they are devoted, and they are courageous. Disciples of Jesus Christ do not shrink. They stand up and they stand out. Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and his gospel. This is how we endure. This is how we get through the hardships and the trials. This is how we push through. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto him in every thought. And I, President Nelson, I know this from personal experience, and it's true. Um, but you also teach us, but when we do, our doubts and fears flee. And I also know this to be true. It's so interesting because we have our prophet and apostles who teach us these wonderful truths that bring us so much peace to our lives. But sometimes these things are so hard to apply, aren't they? It just goes against what we want to do at that time. Or it just seems like it's so difficult to do. And last year, I was steady in my faith with the gospel and my Redeemer. But was I steady in my faith as far as him being able to save me from the situations and circumstances of my life that seemed so... Uh, completely just unfathomable, unfathomable, just, I was distraught most of the time. I felt as if things were just so overwhelming that I was stretched beyond anything that I could bear. I know that father doesn't give us any more than we can handle. And yet most of the time I felt like he gave me more than I could handle, right? So oftentimes I was trying to reconcile my mind with the peace that I felt in my bosom, in my very core of myself. And uh, I learned a lot from that. What I learned is complete faith in Jesus Christ puts away man's logic. Complete faith in Jesus Christ doesn't need to know the details. Complete faith in Jesus Christ pushes forward and relies on the Lord to provide the details with utter and 100% complete assurance. And we still do and act on that faith because he needs us to act 
an order for the solution to present itself. President Nelson goes on to say that faith in Jesus Christ propels us to do things that we otherwise would not do. And faith that motivates us to action gives us more access to his power. And I can testify to this. I believe that he is a fourth quarter God. Uh, When we have done all that we can do and we have given every last action, thought, idea, creativity, innovative um, way of handling solutions, whatever we can do. And he knows it. He knows our hearts. He always comes through. I, for all intents and purposes, where I'm at in my life right now, um, the beginning of last year, I would have thought within one year, I would have lost everything. Um, absolutely everything on how much we're trying to sustain here in California based on cost of living, the housing crisis, the fact that we're paying for long-term care for my father-in-law, trying to sustain our home here, help my son, you know, one income as they're raising their son and his um, uh, partner is um, a stay-at-home mom. It's It's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, and yet we've seen and we've learned these invaluable lessons. Faith that motivates us to action gives us more access to his power. We also increase the Savior's power in our lives when we make sacred covenants and keep those covenants with precision. Our covenants bind us to him and give us godly power. As faithful disciples, we repent and follow him into the waters of baptism. Remember, we are covenant-keeping people, and there's a reason for this. It bonds us to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. We want to be bonded to them. We walk along the covenant path to receive other essential ordinances, and gratefully God's plan provides for those blessings to be extended to ancestors who have died without an opportunity to obtain them during their mortal lives. Once again, that perfect circle of blessings. He has not forgotten one child. So when we say this church is true, what are we saying? We're saying that this is the church of Jesus Christ and it holds all truth. We're saying that everything that is found in this gospel of Jesus Christ is true. There is not one false doctrine or teaching. So to draw on the power of Jesus Christ in our lives, covenant-keeping men and women seek for ways to keep themselves unspotted from the world. And repentance is a huge part of this. Um, So there will be nothing blocking their access to the Savior's power. One faithful wife and mother wrote this recently. These are troubled and perilous times. How blessed we are to have the increased knowledge of the plan of salvation and the inspired guidance from loving prophets, apostles, and leaders to help us sail these stormy seas safely. We stopped our habit of turning on the radio in the morning. Instead, we now listen to a general conference talk on our mobile phones every morning as we prepare ourselves for another day. Another element in drawing the Savior's power into our lives is to reach up to him in faith. Such reaching requires diligent, focused effort. I truly believe in this. If we want to change the look of our day, 
of our lives, we have to change the structure of our day. And so something that I have done is instead of waking up and checking to see if I have text messages, missed phone calls, voicemails, emails, you know, what's going on on social media, DMs, whatever the case may be, is I'm getting up in the morning and I now go to churchofjesuschrist.org and I'm looking on what is on the front page of the church's website. That is now my news and that's how I start off my day. And things are different for me. Things are way more peaceful and way more hopeful as I dig myself out of the pit of last year. I have greater ability to tap into that fountain of faith that I have been working so hard and diligently on for years now. And that is the beauty of the direction of the apostles and prophets that they give us is they give us these wonderful reminders and because of these reminders and being brought back into remembrance, I was able to make these powerful changes in my life that would be so impactful. President Nelson goes on to say that when you reach up for the Lord's power in your life with the same intensity that a drowning person has when grasping and gasping for air, power from Jesus Christ will be yours. So when the Savior knows you truly want to reach up to him, when he can feel that the greatest desire of your heart is to draw his power into your life, you will be led by the Holy Ghost to know exactly what you should do. When you spiritually stretch beyond anything you have ever done before, then his power will flow into you. And then you will understand the deep meaning of words we sing in the hymn, the Spirit of God. The Lord is extending the saints' understanding the knowledge and power of God are expanding. The veil or the earth is beginning to burst. The gospel of Jesus Christ is filled with his power, which is available to every earnestly seeking daughter and son of God. And it is my testimony, President Nelson's testimony, that when we draw his power into our lives, both he and we will rejoice. And that is my testimony too. And I will leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I am sorry it took me so long to publish another episode. I am so happy to be here with you, though, and happy for the success of the podcast and that we can continue this great work spreading the word of the gospel of Jesus Christ is found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Please stay healthy, stay safe, and most importantly, stay faithful. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is truly fighting a hard battle. Until next time, much aloha and love. <music>